chapter 16, and we are going to look to verse 15. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. And he said, this is Jesus, after his resurrection from the dead, Jesus talking to his disciples, he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. And of course, then it goes on, these signs shall follow those that believe. But we will emphasize verse 15. And Jesus said this to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. The gospel is good news. Uh, the word gospel simply means good news. It's good news, and we have a world full of bad news, but thank God we've got some good news. I'm mean, glad that we have some good news to tell. Uh, it's more enjoyable to bear uh, good news than it is to bear bad news. Now, I know that a lot of people uh, tell a lot of bad things, say a lot of bad things, and tell bad news, but I'm telling you, we have some good news to tell the world. And uh, Jesus is real. Jesus is alive. Jesus did die. He was buried. He was raised again. And he gives eternal life to whoever will believe on him. And so we have this good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, and his soon coming. He's coming again. So we have the gospel to share with the world. The gospel in its simplest form is that Jesus Christ died for your sins. He was buried and he was raised again the third day so that you could receive this gift of eternal life. There's a lot to that statement and yet that's the gospel in its simplest form. And so when we preach the gospel, we're preaching that Jesus died, was buried, was raised again. And we're telling the world, telling people, he said, go into all the world. Everybody say all the world. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature or every person. So we have this great responsibility that Jesus has given to the church, not only his disciples, which became the apostles, but we have this responsibility in our generation because the apostles have died. Naturally, they're gone. But you and I still have this responsibility for the generation in which we live. And so we are to go into all the world and preach this good news to every person. The word world here is cosmos in the Greek. It means orderly arrangement, the world in a wide or narrow sense, including its inhabitants. The world order. We are to affect the world. The order that is in this world, we are to go into all the world and we are to affect and influence our world. In every arena, in every area of our world, we are to affect the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Trinity is one of those examples. She's, you know, in acting, and she is in an atmosphere that could be very negative, but she is being an influence, and she has a testimony of God's grace in her life. And you can have a testimony of God's grace wherever you go.
Wherever you work, wherever you do business, wherever you uh, play, so to speak, you enjoy your recreation and entertainment, you can be a witness wherever you go. You can be a witness of God's goodness and the gospel of Jesus Christ in your neighborhood. You can be a, a witness of God's grace uh, in your arena of life, in your area of life. You are to be an influence. God created every human being who is a believer to express the goodness of God to someone else in your area of life or in your arena of life. And so God has given us this responsibility. And may I add as well, it is a great privilege. In other words, we are referred to in 2 Corinthians as ambassadors. Ambassadors for Christ. Well, if an ambassador is one, for example, we have an ambassador that goes to another nation. They represent our nation. And it's a great honor and a great privilege for them to do so. That's a great responsibility as well, but a great honor and a great privilege. Well, we are ambassadors for Jesus, for, for Christ. We are to represent Jesus in our sphere of influence, where we are. And we are to make an impact on this world around us. It is God's will, it is God's plan, it is God's grace, it is God's call, it is God's gift and God's ab ability and his enablement. God enables you to do this. You are anointed by the Holy Spirit. You shall be witnesses. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall be witnesses. This is something God equips you to do. Well, you want to be equipped with knowledge, with the knowledge of God's Word, but you also want to be equipped with the Holy Spirit and the power of God to effectively communicate the goodness and the grace of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ to others. So that is our responsibility, and that is also our great privilege. Somebody say, it's a privilege. Go with me to Matthew chapter 24. In Matthew chapter 24 and verse 14. It says, in this gospel of the kingdom, this gospel of the kingdom. So we have this gospel of the kingdom. He said, it shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached. Now the word preached simply means to proclaim. So here in this, uh, this verse... God says that this gospel is going to be preached in all the world, right? Well, he said, go into all the world, Mark chapter 16, go into all the world and preach the gospel. So many times we think, well, preaching is the responsibility of the pastor, or preaching is the responsibility of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. That is their responsibility. No, preaching is for every believer, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow those that believe. So according to that passage, it is for every believer. Now, your preaching may not necessarily be that you lift your voice or you're super adamant. You just basically are sharing the gospel. You're proclaiming. You're talking to people. You're communicating. And that would be determined by the environment, how you communicate. The Holy Spirit would give you wisdom. He would custom fit uh, the words or the timing. And he gives you the ability to meet the right people at the right time and share the goodness of God in your sphere of influence. 
And everybody has that responsibility, but everybody has that privilege. And so as a believer, that being your responsibility, and he said it shall be preached in all the world. The world here, the Greek word, is different. And this word basically means in, throughout the globe or throughout the land, throughout every part of this world. So, And then he says it shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come for a witness unto all nations. This word nations is ethnos in the Greek. And ethnos means a race or as of the same habit or culture, a tribe or a, a nation, a people. So we could say an ethnic group or people group or culture. So any ethnic group in our world, and there are many unreached ethnic groups in the world that we live in. But we have this responsibility in our world to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every ethnic group or every people group or every culture, and we have this privilege to do so. Now, most of us or most people in this room are probably not going to another country to preach the gospel. But then we have a privilege of participating in sending others to go. In other words, helping them financially to go. We do that as a church. We're sending missionaries around the world. That is our part of our responsibility and privilege. So we're helping to send missionaries around the world and different ethnic groups, different people groups, and nations of the world all over the world. So you're helping to do that by your giving because we're sending resources to help make that happen around the world. So every time you give, at least 10% comes off the top and then more comes off as well because we give more than 10% to world mission. So uh, we, but we dedicate 10% off the top of your giving. If you regular tithes and offerings or if you give to a rising bill, then 10% comes off the top. If it was a designated offering to a special thing, of course, we consider that as well. All right. So here we are. In other words, if there's a missionary coming in and we give them, uh, you know, uh, offerings or we receive offerings, the whole thing goes to them. Obviously, we don't take a tenth off of that. We give them that plus. Are you with me? All right. So here we are supporting missionary efforts to different ethnic groups, different people groups around the world. But you have to understand as well that you live in a city where there's all kinds of ethnic groups and there's different people groups in our city. In other words, you are surrounded with people of different cultures, different backgrounds, different races. They're right in front of you. They're right there. And you have then not only just the responsibility to send missionaries to ethnic groups around the world, but we have the responsibility and the privilege of reaching them right in our neighborhood or reaching them right on our job, or right where we live. You know, Dr. King had a vision, had a dream of everybody being treated equally, right? Everybody, equal opportunity. Everybody would have the same opportunity. Well, I believe God has a dream like that as well. God gave him the dream. I believe the Holy Spirit gave him a dream, and he dared to believe in that dream, proclaim that dream, act on that dream, and it brought liberty to many people. And it affected a whole generation and the generations after. 
and affecting us today, and we're living that dream. Well, there are people in the world that need to hear the dream of the gospel of Jesus Christ and that Jesus will liberate their life. They can live free. They can live for who they are in Jesus Christ, and they can be an influence in their world, and then this cycle can continue of reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have this great privilege and responsibility to carry the gospel where we live. Really, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, he said, then you will be witnesses in where? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. In other words, this is the way it works. You start where you're at. If you'll start where you're at, you know, it's not just having a dream of going to another nation. We believe in that, and I've gone personally myself, but we also believe in reaching our neighborhood, reaching the person beside us, the person that lives as our neighbor, the person that works with us on the job, the person that we do business with, the person that we maybe have our children play on a team, uh, on the baseball field, a football field, a soccer field, or whatever. Wherever we are, in our arena of life, we have an opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are you with me today? So that being our commission from Jesus, and I would say his last words would be some of his most important words. How many would believe that? I mean, if he is checking out, he has just died, been buried, been raised again, and now he's leaving this place. He's leaving the earth. He's going back to heaven. He's going to be seated at the right hand of the Father. And so he's leaving this great responsibility to tell what he's done to the world. So what he's saying is pretty important. He's given the commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go into every ethnic group and preach the gospel. And so we need to be always conscious of preaching Jesus, sharing Jesus, not just with our words, but with our action. But some people say, well, you, you can just preach Jesus with your actions. Well, you can do it with both, your actions and also your words. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation. In other words, you can express your character that Jesus has developed in your life, the Holy Spirit has developed in your life that shares with people that the gospel that you preach or proclaim is real because it actually affects your life. And it affects your lifestyle, and the way you live, and the way you treat people, and the way you communicate with people, and how you act toward people. I'm telling you, when they see that your relationship with God is real, and that you genuinely love them and care about them, that is not just another notch on your belt that, look, I got somebody saved. No, I care about your soul and your eternity, and I care about your here and now. And so I'm sharing the love of God with you. Now, is everybody going to receive it? No, the Bible says that not everybody's going to believe, but somebody will. But everybody should be able to hear the gospel. How are they going to hear unless there is a preacher? How are they going to preach unless they're sent? Somebody has to tell the good news, and then they have the opportunity to hear it, to believe it, and to receive it. My job as a Christian, your job as a Christian, is to tell it. 
I can't make somebody believe. I can persuade them based on the word of God and the knowledge of Jesus Christ and my own personal relationship with Jesus. I can share it with conviction, and yet they have to choose to believe. That is their responsibility. Your responsibility is to carry it, to proclaim it, to declare it. Their responsibility is then to believe it and receive it. Are you with me? So then we want to take our responsibility and our great privilege seriously so that we are sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ as a Christian. Now, as a church, thankfully, we have been a multicultural church pretty much the whole time. Almost 36 years, or over 36 years now that we've been a church. But we've had a church that was multiracial, multicultural, and it is the result of just loving people for who they are. Just loving people, no matter what the color of their skin, no matter what their nationality, no matter what uh, their culture, you just love people because Jesus died for the sins of the whole world, and we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So my job is to carry the gospel to every people group, every ethnic group, every culture, and share Share the goodness of God because God is a good God. Amen. And Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. Everybody. God is not exclusive. He is inclusive. In other words, he included everybody in his death, burial, and resurrection. Anybody can. Everybody won't, but somebody will. And I did and you did. And we want other people to have the same opportunity. Right? So anybody can. That's why Jesus said, whosoever will, let him come and take of the waters of life freely. Anybody can, whosoever will, let him come and take this life that God has offered. And you are a representative of Jesus. You're a representative of God. You are an ambassador. You're one sent from heaven, so to speak. In other words, God gave you his life from heaven, put his life on the inside of you. And he said, I want you to go share and tell somebody else about what I've done for you. Hallelujah. And if you have a real relationship with Jesus, you want to tell somebody. Now, maybe you don't feel equipped, but friend, if you'll just tell your testimony, if you'll just tell what Jesus did for you, just share the goodness of God and the amazing grace of God in your life, and then you'll share a little bit of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, they may say, well, I don't believe in that. Well, I mean, your testimony, how can you uh, say that somebody's testimony is not true? I live this kind of life, and I'm no longer living that kind of life. I mean, my life has been turned around, and I credit Jesus. Hallelujah. How many can say your testimony is real? It is a testimony of Jesus that God came to you by the Holy Spirit or God sent somebody a labor to you and they shared the gospel and Jesus came into your heart and he transformed your life. I mean, it's real. Somebody say, it's real. Praise God. So if you'll tell somebody your testimony and you'll share the gospel of Jesus, you know that he died for you as well. Jesus paid the price for your sin. You can have the gift of eternal life. It's amazing what God can do through you if you dare to tell the truth about Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. 
So we've developed a church of multiracial, multicultural, and we intend to keep at it. Hallelujah. Keep reaching every people in this city. It is our responsibility. Jesus sent us to this city, right? And so it's our responsibility to reach our world, our sphere of influence. Let's go, if you will, please, to the book of Matthew as well, and Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, we're going to begin with verse 18. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now understand the setting here again, just like Mark chapter 16. The setting here is that Jesus has been crucified, he's died, he's been buried, he's been raised again. And in his bodily resurrection, he is now walking on the earth, communicating with his disciples, and he's getting ready to leave. This is his last words. He's getting ready to leave. And so some of his last words here in verse 18, he says, All power is given unto me in what? In heaven and in earth. The word power here, uh, it has to do with authority. All authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. So he said, I have all authority in in heaven, but also have all authority in the earth. Next verse. Go ye therefore. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. He said, now I want you to go therefore. Therefore connects with the verse that was before, doesn't it? He said, all authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Now, the word teach there in other translations would be make disciples. Making disciples. He said, I want you to go and make disciples of all nations. It's one thing to preach the gospel and somebody gets saved. It is still another thing to make a disciple of that individual. As a pastor, of course, I want to make disciples. I don't want to just get people saved. I want to see them grow. I want to see them develop. I want their spiritual life to develop. I mean, you know, if a child is still sucking the bottle at eight years old, you think, well, okay, a little slow on the development process, right? So what, what your expectation is that they're going to grow up, right? And they're going to be weaned from certain things and they're going to grow and develop in their life. Well, if you look at the scripture in Peter, it says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So spiritual growth occurs as a result of somebody receiving the word of God. So making a disciple is then you're making them a disciple of Jesus. So you're going to have to point them to Jesus. It's going to take more than your opinion. It's going to take more than just your compassion. It's going to take, and that's important. Your compassion is important because you will have to be compassionate if you're going to make a disciple of another individual. Because people are in infant state, so to speak, spiritually, and they make messes. I mean, you know, babies make messes that they don't know how to clean up. Right? You have to clean them up. And, chill, and, and babies spiritually make messes, and they don't know what to do with that. They don't know how to clean it up. They don't know how to get the things right. So you got to work with them. And then they grow up into this childhood stage. Children still make some really dumb 
choices, right, sometimes. And so as a parent, you've got to direct them. You've got to give them instruction. And so spiritually, children will make some poor choices. And so you've got to teach them how to make right choices. You've got to give them some guidance from the Word of God. Because as a babe, you need the Word of God to grow. As a child, you need the Word of God to grow. Because that's the mainstay, so to speak. That's the main thing that's going to cause you to grow. There's other elements of disciple-making, like patience, like long-suffering, right? There's other elements of disciple-making. That's a love of God for them when they do mess up, right? When they do make messes, you got to clean up and you try to help them. All right, so you are a, a disciple maker, so you're working with them through the process, just like someone has worked with you through the process. Has anybody had somebody help you along the way? If you've ever grown spiritually, it's not just you. It's about a body, and we are a church. We are a body, and so we want to make disciples. We want to see people become disciplined followers of Jesus Christ. So people are going to make mistakes. They're going to do things that are not right. They're going to make poor choices, and they're going to get the results of those choices, and and then you're going to be there to help them, just like others have been there to help you. And so we're all in this thing together, and we're growing up. I mean, in a family, what do you do? You help your children. You help one another as a family. Siblings help siblings. We all help each other. And we, in the family of God, we're helping each other. And, of course, the Holy Spirit is helping us all. Amen? All right, so as a disciple maker, it's going to take the love of God. It's going to take compassion. It's going to take patience. It's going to take staying with it and staying with a person and helping them through the process. But the main thing it's going to take is truth. The Word of God. Hallelujah. So he said that make disciples of all nations. And that word nations... There is ethnos, race, or uh, cultures, or uh, different tribes, or people groups, or ethnic groups. So, then we are to make disciples of people that perhaps are not like us. They are not the same race. They're not the same culture, so they may have some different cultural uh, understanding, and, and sometimes there's positives in the culture, sometimes there's negatives in the culture, Right? Sometimes there's differences of thought that really don't align themselves with the Word of God. And sometimes, you know, there's some cultures you can go and you can preach in some cultures. You know, multiple wives is pretty normal for them. But according to the Bible, it's not. The husband of one wife. So you're working with quite a different situation, aren't you? And so there's a lot of different things that you might have to deal with. But nevertheless, God is helping us to learn the positives from one another. Are you with me? And we are all growing out of the negatives. I'm preaching better than you. Amen. Praise God. And so the Holy Spirit is growing us up in His grace, in His knowledge, in His understanding. And we're all coming to know Jesus, coming to know the Word of God so that we can effectively preach Jesus and be an example of Jesus. And we can shine like lights in this world, which is our theme scripture as a church. You shine as lights in the world, holding forth the Word of life in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. In other words, in the midst of a crooked and perverse world that we live 
live in, nation that we live in, we can be an example to our world. If there's anywhere in the world we should be able to carry the light is from the church. Amen. The light of the love of God, loving people for who they are, no matter who they are, no matter what their race, their culture, their background, no matter what their ethnicity, God loves people and he cares enough to stick with them. Amen. So as a disciple maker, you stick with people. I'm preaching better than you amening right now. I said, you stick with people. As a pastor, I stick with people. In other words, we're going to work with you, and we're going to trust God to get you through this thing, whatever it may be. Can somebody shout amen? amen. All right, so he said, you make disciples of all nations, all races, all people groups, all ethnic groups. And so we want to fulfill this twofold commission. One is go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Two is make disciples. It's a whole lot more work to make a disciple. Because if you get them saved, and that's all you got to do. You get them saved, and they're all on the way to heaven. We're good. But making a disciple is a lifelong process. We're in this thing for the life, you know. How many, you know, when you got married, you thought she was, and she wasn't. All right. And you thought he was, and he wasn't. So you didn't just get married for a week, I hope. You got married for life. And so you're in this thing, and there's a lot of changes that's on the way. We trust, right? One person said it this way, people change, just not much. All right, so, so the Holy Spirit, I don't necessarily buy that, but, uh, you know, there's amazing changes that can occur in your relationship because you're both willing to change. You're willing to grow. And amazing things happen as a result. If you're unwilling to change, you know, like one, one lady said to, to her husband, this is the way I was when you married me. So this is the way it is. Well, guess what? They didn't last. All right, so. That's not life. That's not reality. You've got to buy into that. Well, you've got to change in order to have an effective relationship. Well, the truth is, in Christianity, you've got to change in order to have an effective relationship with God and an effective relationship with people around you. Change is part of life. And if you haven't bought into that yet, today would be the day. Come on. Today, I'm going to change. I trust the Holy Spirit to help me to change. And to grow in grace. Growth implies change. Well, then you, you're a baby when you get saved spiritually and you desire the word of God and you begin to grow and then you come into the childhood state and you grow as a child. But he said, don't be like children tossed to and fro. In that setting, it's Ephesians chapter 4. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers are given for the perfecting of the saints so that the saints could do the work of the ministry and edify the body of Christ. And then we would grow up to the full stature of Jesus. So if God has set the apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists to teach the body of Christ so that they can grow out of that childhood state and they could come into a mature adulthood. In other words, we should no longer be babies Unless we just got saved not that long ago, right? In other words, time invested in the Word is time that is invested in something that's going to cause you to grow. Yeah. 
spiritually. So when you come to church, you're hearing the word. But then when you're uh, talking to a brother and a sister, you're edifying, encouraging one another. You're, you're being mentored in certain cases. You're being taught the word of God. And you're being, uh, you're being brought up spiritually. You're being uh, developed spiritually. And, and so we have a lot of different ways that we do that as a church. And our life groups, small groups, uh, is a way that you can uh, communicate with one another. Iron sharpens iron. You get together with other people, and they're encouraging you, and you're encouraging them. Nobody's an island to themselves. We are a body. That'd be like my hand saying uh, to my arm, I don't need you. I'd say, yeah, you do. <laughs> right? You can't say to another part of your body that you have no need of it. No. And that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You can't say that. Well, you can, but it's not very healthy. I mean, I don't need you. Well, you'll wish you had. All right, so... So the way it is in the body of Jesus is just like your physical body. The body of Christ is likened to a physical body. We need each other. You know, we need the body of Christ. We need to be a part of a local church and fellowship where we are connected one to another. Because just like your blood flows throughout your whole body, the blood of Jesus and the blood of Christ flows throughout the body of Jesus. And it helps us to be cleansed and be whole and be strong and to be fruitful and to be productive. And so the key to spiritual growth is that we produce fruit. That's Jesus' words basically in John chapter 15. That you would abide in him, he abide in you, and you would bring forth much, what? Fruit. For without me you can do nothing. So spiritual development, spiritual growth. What does it say in John chapter 8, verse 30? He spake these words, and many believed on him. It's talking about Jesus. Jesus spoke, and they believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If you continue in my what? Word. Then are you my disciples indeed. In other words, when you continue in the word, you become a disciple. You become a follower of Jesus, a disciplined follower of Jesus Christ. And it is our job to go into all the world and preach the gospel, but also to make disciples. And we're going to make disciples by communicating the word of God that causes people to be free. In other words, free from their past, free from their sin, free from their bondage, free from their sickness, free from their poverty, free from their uh, confusion, free from their anxiety, free from their fear, free from whatever binds them in life because of the world and the sin and the devil and the works of darkness in our world. Thank God the Word of God can liberate and set a person free. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Hallelujah to Jesus. Truth shall make you free. Thank God Almighty. Free. Hallelujah. At last. Thank God for the word that has the power to set us free. Dr. King had, a, had faith in God, had a spirit of faith, and no doubt had a vision from heaven, a vision from God, and he was able to stand strong. Thank God you and I ought to stand strong in our generation. We ought to stand strong in this season of this nation. We ought to be a light to our world, and we ought to demonstrate the 
love of God in such degree that it makes a transformation in our society. Praise God, it transforms us personally, but it transforms a church, it transforms a city, and it can transform a nation. I know we've got a lot of struggles still going on, but I do know God, and I believe God is able, and I believe the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ has the power to change a nation. Just like it has the power to change an individual, it has the power to change a nation. If we'll dare to believe it, receive it, and act on it, and preach it, and proclaim it, the gospel of Jesus Christ will set the captives free. And we will make disciples. Hallelujah to Jesus. <laughs> Second Timothy 2 verse 1 says it this way. Thou therefore, my son. This is the apostle Paul talking to his son Timothy. He said, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. The things... Which you have heard of me, Paul said, talking to his son Timothy. Those things, he said, commit to faithful men who shall then teach others also. You got four generations of believers there. The apostle Paul communicated to Timothy. Timothy communicated to faithful men. And those faithful men taught others also. In other words, everybody has the responsibility to communicate the things, the truth that they have received. And share it with somebody else so that they also can believe. And you're making disciples as you do. You're causing people or helping people in their growth process, in their spiritual development. And then when you spiritually grow or develop, then you're more fruitful. You're more productive. And the stuff that needs to be pruned off is clipped off. Just like you prune a fruit tree, so it's more fruitful. So you prune stuff off, the fleshly stuff, the things that are connected to this world that are trying to control your life and keep you from moving forward in your life. The Holy Spirit helps you to recognize that, clip that thing off, and move forward in God and become more fruitful and productive as a believer. And in order to do that, we've got to do what Hebrews chapter 10 says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is but exhorting one another daily and so much the more as you see the day approaching in other words there is a assembly required like you get a bicycle at Christmas for your kids there is some assembly required and some of you just put it, pulled it out of the box and started putting it together and you forgot the brake <laughs> now if you forget certain parts it could be detrimental Right? So in the process of assembly uh, together as a church, as a body of believers, then the parts start coming together. The Holy Spirit works things in, in an individual life. Things start coming together. And we come together as a body. Different cultures, different races, different ethnic groups. We come together as a body, and we see God tremendously weld us together, knit us together, put us together, and then we are a testimony to the world that they need this love of God. 
because they don't know how to figure this out. So you need the love of God in your heart in order to really love everybody, no matter where they are, where they came from, who they are, no matter what their race, the color of their skin, their culture, their ethnic background, whatever group they may belong to naturally there's one group we all belong to if you believe in Jesus and that is the kingdom of God hallelujah the body of Christ we are the body of Christ and members in particular and God puts us all together you know in heaven there is not going to be certain sections Amen. In other words, we're all going to be one up there, so we might as well learn to live together down here. Hallelujah. Somebody say, God is good. So as we gather together, we assemble together, we exhort one another, we encourage one another, we provoke one another to good works and, and, and good deeds and doing the right thing, making the right choices. We are an encouragement to one another. And so as a church, we have many things that help disciple people, but we are right now we are about to release, and we're going to do it tonight. We're going to talk about our vision and how we can be more strategic in making disciples. So that happens tonight in the 630 service. We want you to be here. We want you to come and uh, be a part of it because we want you to hear the vision, know the vision, and participate in the vision because we don't want to just get people saved. We want to make disciples, and we want to be effective in that, and we want to be excellent in what we do, and excellence happens if you strive toward it. Fruitfulness and productivity happens if we strive for it. If we don't strive for it, then you'll lose ground. But if you strive for excellence, you strive for fruitfulness and productivity, then we can excel and we can see fruitfulness as a church. Amen? And we want to see that in people's lives. It's really about people, always about people. And if we're thinking about people, then we want to be a part of the process of other people's growth and development and their fruitfulness. Amen? Thank you for joining us at Word of Life Christian Center, where we seek to move upward in prayer and worship, inward in discipleship, and outward in evangelism. We are so excited that you decided to connect with what God is doing here. And if you want to learn more, go to wordoflifelv.com.